Stories move hearts and hearts move impact. Slingshot Stories. 10 to 15 minute episodes built around what we believe to be really practical key areas of impact that are going to help you grow in your understanding of what impact is and how you can accomplish it. Everybody's on planet Earth for a reason. Find your sweet spot, get off the bench, and get in the game. Welcome to Slingshot Stories, a series produced in collaboration with Journey to Impact and Slingshot Memphis. I'm Ed Gellantine, and I'll be co-hosting along with my partner in Impact, Jared Barnett, who is the CEO of Slingshot Memphis. We've got another great topic today. We're going to be talking about quantity versus quality. It's the idea that serving more is always better than serving less. So when you think about that, Jared, kind of, kind of give us some color on what you mean by that. Yeah, well, I've grounded actually in my business background, right, where growth is kind of king, right, in the business world. Right. And so when you think about you know, valuations of companies, everyone is always looking for growth companies, right? They, they want that next unicorn. And so there's a lot of emphasis in the business world on growth and, and more and bigger and all of that. When you come to the poverty fighting uh, arena, though, that translation doesn't hold true, though, um, even though it's so prominent in business. And I think a big part of that is that growth for poverty fighting organizations comes with different constraints, and the resources typically are not there in the same way they are in the for-profit space. And so that growth comes at the loss of quality of service. And at the end of the day, the bottom line in business is creating value for shareholders, which is market capitalization, right. and you know profit. right? In poverty fighting, the bottom line is helping someone get out of poverty. Right? And so when you think of that, um, yeah, you want more people to get out of poverty, but you actually want anyone to get out of poverty as a starting point. Right. And so by, if you expand and don't actually help those people get out of poverty, you're not actually achieving the goal um, of what you want to do. And it's a lot more complex uh, because you have to help, with a, you know, a person needs a lot of things to get out of poverty. Um, and so the idea here is that the quality, right, of, of services provided and how impactful that is at helping someone out of poverty isn't necessarily associated with how many people are being served. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think back to a couple of the other uh, slingshot stories that we've done. I think the first one was what is poverty, right? And you got to define what your mission is. Uh, recently, we talked about how interconnected poverty is and how nuanced it is. You know, if, if, the, if the outcome desired is different, it seems highly likely you're going to use different metrics. And that's kind of how it is in my mind. There's a lot of fantastic principles from business. I mean, that's how you and I sort of view impact and philanthropy. So a lot of really great um, principles that can come from that. But it's it's not one to one, right? And so, talk about why you think this idea of scaling uh, poverty fighting methods and and uh, reaching more people with this sort of better mousetrap is so prevalent. I think you know there's there's the reality, right, that a lot of the philanthropic community are former business professionals, right? So therefore, you know, they're taking what they're used to, which is this whole growth mindset, scale, scale, scale. As a part, so I think that's one part of it. Yeah. The other part of it is that it's easy to measure. So when you think about you know what do you measure and trying to understand what's affected with poverty, a lot of the traditional metrics have been how many people you're serving, how many people graduate from a program, 
how cost effective are you? Because I know what your costs are and I know how many people you serve. So I can do the basic math to figure that out. Um, and so I think that's a big part is just, it's been easy to do. Um, anyways, we've, you know, this big push towards data in our society, right? It's like, well, yep. Hey, here's some data. I can do some math with it. I can, can measure that. Yeah. Um, the challenge though, is that doesn't actually answer, is it working? Right? And then yep. in the day when philanthropy, right, especially when it comes to poverty fighting, that's what we care about, right? Is, is it changing someone's life? And so for us, it's, it's, it's that idea of getting away from some of these more commonly used metrics that have been easy to measure, yeah. but unfortunately aren't answering the most important questions around how is that program or how is this service improving the quality of life for someone and lifting them out of poverty. I feel like it's a little bit connected to this obsession with the overhead percentage, I think actually we talked about that fallacy early yeah. just because you have a lot of overhead as an impact organization. You know, if, 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 if I'm getting 90% of my funds to the, to the end user and you're getting 80, then I'm better. Um, and I, I think that's somewhat connected here, but, but, but it's a fallacy, right? It is. Um, Talk about some of the shortcomings like that. Talk about some of the shortcomings when you simply focus on that what you mentioned, a relatively easy metric of the number of people served. Yeah. So what unfortunately happens is that you kind of just start to have kind of the group think and inertia, right? It's like, well, we're measuring this because we've always measured it, right? Well, I'm right. not going to question sure. that because that's always been something there. And so it takes someone asking some of those questions where, why are we measuring that, right? What's the reasoning behind that? What does that help us understand? And And so I think the... The challenge is there's a lot of inertia, right? There's a lot of just kind of this is how we've done things. And so what it takes is staff members, board members, philanthropists asking those questions around why why are we measuring that? And then when you answer those and realize that some of those actually aren't helping you understand, is it helping the beneficiary right. you know, improve their quality of life? You can then say, well, what what should we be asking, right? What yeah. should we be measuring that helps us understand that? I think there's also a, a connection to to better data now, right? So nobody should be hearing you and I criticize organizations for having this idea that more is always better. That's almost a natural thing. But as we get more data and, more importantly, better data, you, there's just more nuance to it. And so I think that forces you to ask um, some of the hard questions. Talk about how philanthropists can consider quantity versus quality or um, bigger is always better when they're making their impact investing decisions. Yeah. So this is where we see a, a lot of um, I think unintended consequences. Yeah. And so I think the funding community at large, that's one of the things they tend to ask every nonprofit, how many people you're serving. Well, as you're a nonprofit and you're getting asked that by people who you need funding from, you're going to naturally think that's important. Right. And so therefore, if you want to you know, appeal to those who will fund you, you need to say, oh, I need more people because they keep asking me about that. And so I think in philanthropy, one of the first things we can do is stop asking that question and say, it's, you know, maybe it's a secondary sure. or tertiary question, but it's just removing the prominence on that question and changing with a question like, how is your work changing the lives of the people you serve? Yep. And getting at, at the, again, the outcomes in those questions. Um, and that simple, simple change, right? The whole conversation has changed, right? And now if I'm getting asked as a nonprofit by every funder, how is my work improving the quality of life for somebody? 
I am going to have to naturally, just like I did with the, you know, the emphasis on number of people served and wanting to grow to meet, you know, the, the expectation of what funders have. If funders or philanthropists are asking me, well, how am I changing the quality of life? I'm going to have an answer to that. And I'm going yeah. to focus on that and I'm going to t- make an effort. And so it actually produces a very positive unintended consequence just by taking that small shift of thinking that. It's important I also think about the magnitude of that impact, right? Yeah. Because this is where I think the differentiation can happen, right? Where right now it's like, okay, well, they're serving 50 people and you're serving 500, so I'll support the 500 person. Well, if you think about the magnitude of impact that's being created, that's a much better variable to use to determine which organization you might support in a given area because you can say, okay, well, if you're helping someone you know, at a magnitude of 10 and you're helping someone at a magnitude of 100, well, heavens, I want to invest in the one that's a magnitude of 100, whether you're serving 10 people or whether you're serving 1,000 people. Because when it comes to philanthropy, or at least in poverty fighting, the hope should be we want to see people get out of poverty, not just be a little better in poverty. Right. And so that, that quality piece, that magnitude of, of benefits and outcomes that are being created is so much more informative in terms of how we can think about our philanthropy and the types of questions we might ask. Uh, if we really want to see the needle move. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that that brings to mind probably a really poor analogy, but like I think about single moms and and how they're integral, like with education, their kids, next generation, sustainable. Uh, We want to get out of poverty, but we want to stay out of poverty and and make a pathway. I think we've used that term before pathways out and to stay out. But if I can help a hundred moms be able to have time at home uh, in the evenings to help kids with homework. And maybe that's a function of job training and, uh, food, uh, sustainability, all these different things. Or I can go to an impoverished school district and hand out 5,000 popsicles on a hot day to a kid. Those kids love that. And that's really important, right? But is that changing their life? Probably not. And even to make that point even, uh, more kind of dramatic, it would be much better to take the thousand popsicles and use that money and just help one mother. Right. Right. And help that one mother get out of poverty so that she and her children are no longer experiencing those challenges that come with it. That's a far better outcome than a thousand popsicles, you know, to, to kids at a school, which it's, it's not inherently bad. Right. But when we're looking at opportunity cost, the alternative, if I could help one family get out of poverty for that same right. cost, I don't know why we wouldn't do that. And and for our listeners, don't hear us saying that's an easy decision, right? Because when you see those 5,000 faces or the, really the 50 that you can process that, that, that are real humans, right? And you're making a, a decision with scarce resources, it's not easy. Um, we got to land the plane. I just want to kind of wrap it up by reminding people, don't always go with the idea that bigger is better. It's a very nuanced thing, and we want to challenge you, just like Jared mentioned, tweak a question or two. Tweak your own mindset, but we want to challenge the idea that serving more is always better, bigger is always better. This big mousetrap here can 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 translate to Detroit or can translate to Addis Ababa. It usually is not that simple. Hope this has been helpful. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. We love your feedback, so please let us know what you thought about this episode as well as what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For more information, impact resources, or to purchase a copy of the book, Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. The book is also available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Target.com. 
For Ed Gillentine speaking inquiries or advertising opportunities, send us an email at ajourneytoimpact at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the Journey to Impact podcast team. Executive producer, Ed Gillentine. Associate producer, Meredith Taylor. Produced and edited by Joey Woodruff. Special thanks to Stephen Chandler. Thank you.